Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here with our Monday morning Romans Bible study. We're in chapter 10 on this 13th day of April 2020, and we'll begin in verse 4 in just a moment. I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you've tuned in. Please get your Bibles, whether it's your Bible in your lap that you open as a book, or it's the Bible on your smartphone, but you need to be looking at the Word of God uh, so that your eyes look upon what God has given you and your heart will be able to digest. I pray today that as the Holy Spirit in this Bible study will attempt to impart truth to you that you can follow His leading, which will always be in the truth of God's Word. We have had uh, some very rich and powerful uh, services, even though the people have not been able to gather together physically, uh, the Word has been rich. Uh, the Word of God has been rich over the last month that we've not been able to get together, and we're just excited for what God is saying and what God is doing uh, through the faith of the people uh, that are hearing the Word of God and being directed, instructed. Uh, uh, you know, corrected at many times. And according to this great truth of Christ and Him crucified, and I just want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. There you'll find all our services, all of our teachings that go way back. And uh, there are different playlists. Make sure you click on the playlist for there's some that go way back. And uh, you will be encouraged, I guarantee it, uh, when you uh, are looking for the truth of God's Word. If you're just looking uh, for someone to be reading the Bible to you, that's not what we're about. We're about sharing the truth of God's Word to you, which is the, the volume, the picture, the, the scriptures Jesus said are about Him. And uh, He said it in, in Psalms 40, verse 7, Hebrews 10, verse 7, John 5, 39. He said, the volume of the book is written of Him. Uh, the scriptures are written of Him. So that don't mean we can just use them for any other purpose. We must use them to walk in a place where He is expressed in and through our lives. Praise God. Well, again, today we're in Romans chapter 10, and we will begin in verse 4. I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the last two or three sessions concerning uh, what we've been talking about. I wanted so desperately to, to keep... Uh, just to stay right where we are to, to keep relating the end of chapter 9 with the beginning of verse 10, but I'm going to leave that into the hand of the Lord, the direction of the Lord in your hungry heart to, to, to keep looking at those scriptures because you need to understand uh, it's not what you do that God considers righteous. Even the righteous fruits that we are to bear out, it is Him who is working in us both to will and to do. It is Him who is working in us. And when we are in agreement with the way He works, how He works, and what He is doing today and the avenue through which He does it, which is always exclusively faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, then we will begin to see that the fruit is literally the fruit of the Spirit. 
not just my God. God considers uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit my fruit. He considers the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ the faith I live by. He considers the grace Jesus tasted death by the grace that saves me and that I live by grace through faith. It all has to deal with Jesus and his sacrifice today. Not just because I was saved 40 years ago, four days ago, today for faith to come from the Word of God. And we'll see this even in this segment of Scripture today which has been so mishandled uh, out of context but we will see it in its uh, it's very light of truth today and I'm thankful that we have eyes to see the truth, the light of God's truth in His Word for us. And uh, we'll see that today. That, But we need to move on into some more, more meat here in the Scriptures. In verse 4, uh, Romans chapter 10 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. He's not the end of the law. Christ is not the end of the law. The law still exists just like the devil, just like the sin nature. I know, Man, you can get on Google and find preachers saying the devil, ain't, he's, he's defeated and thrown away already. It's not what the Bible says. Uh, you can find preachers saying you don't have a sin nature no more. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, you, you can find preachers saying that the law was thrown out. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. If you go back and, and, and read, uh, let's just turn back a couple of chapters, Romans 8. And look at verse 3 and 4 while we're trying to move on in chapter 10. You have to go back sometimes and look at other scriptures because what, what the Lord does for us is He rightly, which is righteously, brings His words of righteousness together to form a better picture of the work of Christ at Calvary and the fruit we can have when our faith remains there. So watch this. Go back a couple of chapters to Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, and that means me trying to live up to it and me trying to do anything is a law unless the Holy Spirit is working behind, inside of me, through my faith in the cross. What the law could not do, couldn't do it, in that it was weak. The law was weak because of my flesh, because I couldn't obey the law. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Why? Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk. Why don't you just say that word, walk. That means the daily life experience. This is not talking about once you get to heaven. This is not talking about even your position in heaven. We can walk now in our experience, our condition called sanctification because of our position justified in Christ through faith in His blood, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, which simply means that we keep our faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary because that's what He's talking about. The law, what the law couldn't do and that it was weak through our flesh, God sending His own Son had to send Jesus because we couldn't do it in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in His flesh. If we try to live for God according to our flesh, 
which we will reap the corruption is all we can reap. And when we're trying to live according to laws, do's and don'ts, and eat nots and eats, and only on this day and never on that day, and all this religious stuff that we're trying to live according to laws, we're sowing to the flesh. All we can do is reap corruption. But when we sow to the Spirit, which is keeping our faith and what allowed the Spirit to move in and begin a work in us, somebody said, glory to God, then we will be experiencing the very work that Jesus did in His flesh to overcome our flesh so we could live according to the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, but, but, but look at verse 4 again in chapter 8, that the righteousness of the law, See, the law carried a righteousness with it. But it was weak through our flesh because we were sinful flesh and we couldn't obey the law. You might say, well, I, I never did this. I never did that. The Bible teaches that if you've ever disobeyed one law, you're just flat out guilty of all. You're, you're either a law keeper in perfection or you're completely in totality a complete lawbreaker, sinful, guilty under the wrath of God. And every human has sinned. Every human was born in sin and was a sinner before they actually carried out a work in their own flesh as sin. You were conceived in sin. That means when, when you were first conceived in your mother's womb, you were a sinner in God's eyes that he would desire, that he desired to bring you on the scene to let you uh, look and see his creation with the conscience he's given you and begin to seek after him and him bring the gospel to you. But listen, you and I are fulfilling the law of righteousness when we walk after the Spirit. That, that doesn't mean what we go do. That means what we're trusting in. You begin to walk after the Spirit the moment you accepted Christ as your Savior. And only that faith, that faith alone can allow you to keep moving, walking after the Spirit. When we turn to the purpose-driven and the government of 12 and all these things and any other things that we mix with, the, with the, the, the holy commandment, the way of righteousness that God has given, offered to all humanity, when we turn from exclusive faith in the sacrifice of Christ... And God is that serious about what he did in his son at the cross. Let me say that again. God is that serious. The way of righteousness, righteousness is that narrow. When we turn away trying to think that we can get involved in these programs and if I do these things, men tell us if we do these things then God will move mightily. Oh this is it. This is the new one. God has given this great revelation to this man and he's showing it. The great revelation is of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And if that's where you keep your faith, my friend, that's where you keep walking after the Spirit. I remember years ago we were being taught in the church we were in that walking after the Spirit is just loving people. No, that's the fruit of walking in the Spirit. That's not what, that's not what allows you to walk in the Spirit, loving folk. The church is all carried off into this love thing today. And we are to love one another even we're to love those that hate us. We're to love. But listen, if you're not focused on Calvary, it's not the love of God you're operating in. It's just the same love the world is, is functioning and failing through. 
And don't think for a moment that in these last days when love is waxing cold because iniquity is abounding, that these folks are not still harping and touting about love the whole time. If we're not preaching Christ, pointing to Christ and what he did at Calvary and warning the people against all the things that will distract from that and that alone, we're not operating in the love of God. Love, we, we, we need to know that what I'm saying right now. Let me say it again. In these last days where it's been promised and shown to us and revealed that it's happening now and, and, and that many will wax cold from love because iniquity is abounding. The only reason iniquity can abound in a heart is because uh, the Christian is no longer walking in love, walking after the Spirit. Their faith has been moved from the cross alone. And when that happens, iniquity takes over. Iniquity abounds. It, it doesn't matter how, what we think or what we feel. It matters what God says. See, the, faith, the measure of faith we've been given works by love, Galatians 5 and 6. And if, it, if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that means we're operating by some other faith that doesn't operate by the love God shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5 and 5. We need to get this elementary pre-K teaching and if we'll get it, those who will humble themselves will be glad to be learning the truth of God's Word, letting go of all the things we've, we've added, we've mixed, we've fallen prey to walking after the flesh even when we were deceitfully deceived and weren't aware we were doing it. Somebody's grabbing a hold of this today. I feel it in my spirit. Somebody is grabbing a hold of this today. Great conviction is in your heart and you're right now saying, God, forgive me. I see this now. I've never seen it like this before. I see it and I'm coming back to Calvary. I'm coming back to my first love. I'm coming back, God. I'm coming home, hallelujah, to that narrow path. I know I'll be disliked. I know I'll be shunned, criticized. But it's you. It's you who will, the one that brings the separation, the variance. You have brought me to the place of seeing this great truth. And I'm excited for you today because when you let go of all that's false because God's showing you what's right and true and you come back to that, you're going to have a testimony like you you had never had. Oh, that testimony of being born again is so wonderful. But when you come back to the place and you're walking in the true power, oh, where you have that true quietness and assurance and peace in your heart and manifest tangibly there for you because of the truth of God's Word, not something you did, not something they did, not something you're a part of in, in what you're doing in some ministry, but because you simply came back to true faith and true grace, which is faith in Christ and Him crucified in that alone. Glory to God. That's what God is doing in the church today. He's bringing His remnant home. Hallelujah. So the righteousness of the law is being fulfilled in us. The law, as we go back to Romans chapter 10, the law hasn't been done away with. But Christ became the end of the law for righteousness. Remember, the law was a picture of righteousness for men. Five of the, the commandments given to Moses were toward uh, from men, how men were to respond and act and, and see God. And five were to uh, about how they were to act and respond to men, their brethren, you know. Uh, so it was a way that God showed us 
how we should live. Some call it the maintenance of the law, how, how should we should act, the things that have to be done. And so we, but we couldn't do it. God set the sacrificial system in place from the very beginning because he knew even though he gave us the law, we wouldn't be able to keep it. But he gave us the sacrificial system through faith in the sacrifice. We could be forgiven, broken, hearted because we couldn't keep the law. Galatians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 23, says the law was our schoolmaster all that time. It was only a schoolmaster to point us to the one who would come and justify us. Hallelujah. That's good news. You can't work your way into heaven. I don't care how many chapters of the Bible you read daily, how many good works you go do, how many people you feed, how many people you clothe, how many people you're nice to. Those are good works and hallelujah. Praise God for you being nice and helping people. But without being born again, without Christ dwelling in your heart by faith, you won't make heaven. You, you won't make it. And we need to make sure that we've been saved, that we didn't just agree with some factual, uh, the truth in our head, but we've accepted that we were lost and undone and guilty before God, and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. And listen, there's a lot of people in church that never were really born again. They're going to church. They, they, they think they're doing the right thing, and going to church is a good and right thing. But if they're not born again, they won't ever go to heaven. They, they will have thrown out uh, the reality of Christianity. It cannot be a head thing. The born-again experience takes place as I understand through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I am lost. I am guilty in God's eyes. The guilt comes from Him toward me, the wrath of God. I'm guilty. I've offended God. I'm a sinner. But He loved me so much He offered His only begotten Son. And if that it moves beyond a head knowledge uh, equal to World War One and Two that I believe happened also, but I wasn't there for those either. But it's it's got to move down into my heart. I believe it from my heart, that work of righteousness that Jesus did for me at Calvary so that I no longer have to be guilty in the eyes of God, have the wrath of God against me and upon me, but I can become a child of God. I can become born again and be a child of God. And now the, the righteousness of the law that I could never attain to and God could never be pleased uh, except through the faith that the people had that the Redeemer would one day come because they never attained. They never, the people under the old covenant could never walk after the Spirit and fulfill the law of righteousness because the Redeemer had not yet come. They couldn't even go to heaven. They were held in a temporary holding place called paradise, Abraham's bosom, because animals, the blood of animals, God says in Hebrews, He was never pleased with the blood of animals. They were temporary to point to a coming Christ, a Redeemer, the Son of God, to take away our sin. And when He came, hallelujah, and was raised from the dead. When he, when he died, he went to paradise and he led them out. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that. But back to the main point today. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness' sake. And we need to remember that. The righteousness, listen, the righteousness of the law doesn't, doesn't speak to us today. 
The law doesn't speak to those who've been born again today. And I'm going to show you that in the scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. I hope you're taking notes today. Knowing this, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, knowing this, do you know this? That the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. And the list goes on and on there. I gave you that so you could check that out. Go look at that at a later time and see... See, the law is not made for a righteous man. And if you're born again, you are righteous in Christ Jesus. We no longer try to live up to the doing of laws. That's why Paul wrote to the New Testament churches and said, what, what, are you, what have you gone back to? Eat this and don't eat that and on this day and only on that day. Not, never do it on this day. And these folks that are running around today telling us that we're not true worshipers of God because we don't worship on Saturday. Listen, my Bible says don't, don't listen to any man who's trying to bring you under any certain day or any foods or any bondages again to the do's and don'ts and eats and eat nots and go and go not and all these things. Of course we don't live in sin. Of course we don't don't do sinful things. But listen, the do's and don'ts thinking that we're gaining righteousness by what we do is us trying to earn righteousness. Righteousness has already been paid for. The blood of Jesus, the work of Christ at Calvary alone was the work of righteousness. Write it down, read it. I've been saying a lot about it lately. Isaiah 32 and 17. The work of righteousness is peace. Well, it, Colossians 1.20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. Put those two scriptures together. What do you have? Jesus made our peace by the blood he shed for us. His death, that righteous, the, the work of righteousness the work of the cross is the work of righteousness where Jesus fulfilled all the law. He fulfilled it. And now it can only, look, it can only be fulfilled. If you go back to Romans 8 and 4, it can only be fulfilled in us, not by us, in us, by faith in what He did, the work of righteousness, Isaiah 32, 17. It can only be fulfilled in us by our faith in His work of righteousness, by the power of the Holy Spirit, if we continue to choose to walk after, after the Spirit, follow after the Spirit. That means the leading of the Spirit. He only guides us into truth, more truth, all truth. Truth has a name, Jesus, and what He did at Calvary. The work of righteousness. Hallelujah. When the truth is spoken, Proverbs 12, 17, righteousness is seen. But a false witness, deceit. When folk tell you it's not all about the cross, folks are telling you, you, you still have to, and whatever they name, whatever they name, it don't matter, whatever they name, they're taking, they are a hindrance to the work of Christ. They're, they're putting a price tag on it. They're telling you in a roundabout, behind the scenes, under the table way that you still have to pay a little bit to get salvation. That's not of God. 
That's a hindrance, distraction that brings blurred vision into us. It, it causes us to, if we listen to them, it causes us to begin to lust after our flesh thinking that we can go accomplish something. And there are many works that you and I are ordained by God to walk in, but they're only found in Christ not to work our way into Christ, but because our faith is in His work of righteousness, our faith is there and there alone, then the works by the Holy Spirit as we're walking here after the Spirit. You understand what that means? Being led by the Spirit who works according to the law. Not the law of Moses, the law of the Spirit, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit of life, let's read it. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, keeps me free from the law of sin and death. Law of sin and death is thinking, I can work for this. I can earn this. I can do this. I'm not going to church till I get this right. And, or I'm in church and now, now you got to, listen. If we move our faith from the cross to anything else and so subtle it can be for us to do that, then we are moving away from the grace of God. We're no longer walking after the Spirit even though our hands are lifted in worship and tears flow down our face. If we're not trusting exclusively in the work of righteousness Christ carried out at Calvary, no work of the Holy Spirit can take place in and through us which can bear the fruits of righteousness. This is good stuff today. Watch this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes upon Christ and His work of righteousness. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. See, Moses describes, Moses speaks the, the, the law, the, the righteousness of the law has a declaration too. Do it or die. Do it or be guilty before God and die. Watch this. For Moses describes, he speaks the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. But also the man that don't do them shall die. So think about this. Verse 6 tells us, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks. See, there's a voice behind each. Somebody said amen. There's a voice behind each. Those who are preaching law, there's a, that's a voice there telling you, you've got to do, you've got to do, you've got, oh yes, Jesus had to do what he did, but you've also now got to do this. You've got to go to a pope. You've got to go to a priest and confess your sin. Not in the Bible. You've got to pray through Mary. That's blasphemy. You're praying through somebody who is a sinner like the rest of us. And if you go around telling everybody or listening to those who say Mary was divine, you, you're outside the perimeters of that which God can work in and through in your life. If you think Mary was divine, then there must be other people that were divine. If you think there's levels, listen, if you think there's levels of attainment before you can become a saint, 
outside of simple faith in the righteous work of Christ, that means you're still laboring for something that Jesus has already paid for. You've got to come out of that. I don't care how long your lineage and your history of your family has been bound under lies. You've got to come out of that. You've got to hear God today just like Abraham did. Get up and get out. Get on the road, my friend. Yes, they're going to criticize you and persecute you, but you can't keep working for something Jesus has already paid for. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. That's what was wrong with the nation of Israel. And that's who Paul is talking to here because his prayer is that his, uh, his flesh and blood Jewish brothers and sisters would be saved, would see this because both have a voice. The righteousness which is of the law that cannot be attained by flesh is speaking, still speaks from most pulpits today, even in a subtle, deceptive way. But the, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks also on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ the Redeemer down from heaven, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead, Okay, verse 8. But what says it? What says this righteousness which is of faith? The word is near you, Israel. You're the ones God gave the word to. It's, it's, look, it's in your mouth. God gave Israel the patriarchs, the promises, the laws, the land, he, everything. He even brought Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, through that nation. They had it all. And so the, the righteousness which is of faith is saying this. You've already got the word. It's not you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The Apostle Paul, not the New Age false prophets today, the word of faith, and their faith is in the words they speak. Listen, your faith can't be in the words you speak even if you're speaking the word of God. Your faith, God has only given humanity, even all of his people, his church, one object of faith, and that's the work Jesus, our faith is to be in Jesus, who he is, the Son of God, and what he did at Calvary, dying for our sins. That's not a one-time get you in now, you got to do all this to earn all this and to try to now please God. You were pleasing to God the moment he saw your faith was legitimate in the righteous work of Christ. And that is the only righteous work God will be found working in, flowing through, bearing forth the fruits of that righteousness. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. I'm out of time. I don't like being out of time. But I pray you'd get more people involved in these teachings. Please share them. Send the YouTube channel out so people can go and just check it out. You'd be amazed at people that listen that don't want anybody to know they're listening. Critics even listen. That's okay. We want them uh, to hear the truth because the more truth they hear, the more they're going to be under uh, requirement of God uh, to respond at a greater level and a greater, uh, 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 a greater judgment will be upon all who hear the truth of God's word. The blessings will be great, but also the damnation will be horrible for those who reject it because we can't work for what Christ already worked for 
and that's righteousness, and that's what we're talking about here in Romans chapter 10. Join us again Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Let's get together, keep learning God's Word in its truthful and righteous context, and there and there alone you'll see the great picture of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who said the volume of the book was written of Him. Again, I'll be in my office also in the morning at 9 a.m. We'll be traveling through Psalms 119 again. So I love you. God bless you. I'm praying for you, and I hope you're praying for us. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.